Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 48 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello and welcome back. Um, I have a very interesting episode for you today that, to be honest, it makes me a little nervous to record this, Um, but I will say I get questions on this topic all the time from our course members, our alumni membership, our program members, one-on-one clients. Um, And I even get a lot of questions from just random parents on Instagram um, in the DMs. So I thought recording an episode on this would be uh, a great place to start. Um, I'm actually lecturing on this topic at USA Gymnastics National Congress um, in August of 2023. So if you are a coach that's going to be at Congress, um, be sure to find me um, for this session because we're going to take an even deeper dive um, than what I have time to share with you here on the podcast. But I want to answer the question of do gymnasts need snack breaks? And this is a highly debated topic um, where there are a lot of opinions on this. And I can say that professionally, um, my opinions have certainly evolved, um, especially compared to kind of my thoughts around this as a gymnast, even, you know, when I coached gymnastics in college during the summers, um, you know, once I became a dietitian and, and a sports dietitian and really learned about sports nutrition and the physiology of exercise, um, that's where I kind of had to eat some of my words and some of my previous Um, thought processes on this topic. So with that, I think it's important to start with, you know, really understanding the difference between snacking versus fueling. Um, And I tell gymnasts this all the time, you know, if you're going to a three and a half, four, five plus hour workout and you're, you know, a competitive gymnast and it's pretty intense and you're, you know, moving the whole time. If you're hungry during that workout, that typically means that you went into that workout underfueled. Like you didn't eat enough at breakfast, at lunch, at snack before, or whatever time your workout is. Um, because there's a lot of reasons why we don't get hungry during workouts. You know, high intensity exercise blunts the appetite, increasing core body temperature blunts the appetite. Like there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't be hungry. And certainly if you have been fed sufficiently. And so in my opinion, if we have this kind of breakthrough hunger, that means you're in a bad spot. I mean, that's when your brain is like, "Uh uh-oh, you know, mayday, mayday. Um, We needed food a long time ago. So with that, you know, when we're talking about who needs a snack break at practice, um, I really like to use the word fueling because that's a much more kind of purposeful and intentional approach. And it really encompasses you know, the concept of performance nutrition, which is the strategic usage of the right fuels at the right time and hydration 
to level up performance and focus and recovery. Like it's very much from a performance and recovery perspective. It's not the same as, oh, I'm hungry and I need to get a snack. So I think that's one difference where there is a lot of nuance and you need to understand that. I think the second thing we need to understand is that there's a big difference between, you know, recreational gymnastics versus competitive gymnastics practices. You know, um, let's say that you have a gymnast that is just starting out in the sport and they have an hour or two hour long class and they're really spending their time learning the basics, the fundamentals, you know, handstands and cartwheels and shaping and flexibility If we were to look at that from kind of a physiological standpoint, there really probably isn't enough um, of an energetic requirement to really warrant the need of a snack during that two-hour kind of recreational workout. Granted, um, let's say your child had type 1 diabetes and their blood sugar dropped during the workout then yes, you know, they would need, you know, appropriate carbohydrate to treat that episode of hypoglycemia. That is different than, you know, let's say your seven or eight year old that goes to gymnastics class two hours, three days a week. Um, You know, it's probably in the afternoon or evening. So, you know, as long as you feed them a really solid snack before or dinner before or whatever, uh, they should be fine for two hours. That is very different, though, than most of the gymnasts in our programs and most of the gymnasts I work with one on one. Um, You know, we start our three month program. Um, for level five gymnasts, because typically around level five or six, which sometimes gyms will skip one of those levels. Um, that's typically where these gymnasts are training, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week, um, usually three and a half to four, four and a half hours at a time. I mean, obviously the intensity of the workout is going to differ based on, you know, having a level five versus a level 10 versus, you know, a level six trying to go level eight. That's also doing elite track and is doing, you know, tops or hopes or whatever. Um, But all that to say, there definitely is a, you know, nutritional fueling requirement for high level, um, intense, long duration workouts that I would say typically are, you know, three and a half hours or more in duration. Now, again, there is so much nuance here because, you know, three and a half hours of practice for a level five at one club could be very different in terms of intensity versus another program. And that all just has to do with the coaching and the philosophies and the structure and and so on and so forth. Um, Same thing with even level 10s. You know, I had a gymnast that was at a club that um, their level 10s trained three and a half hours a day, five days a week. And yet every single minute of that practice was spent moving and working um, and and engaging in, in purposeful exercise and that right there is probably more of an energetic expenditure compared to maybe another program that trains five hours a day, but maybe it's not as intense. Maybe there's more standing around, maybe there's more spotting. Um, And then you even get into the issue of, you know, just individual gymnasts, right? Of, well, maybe your gymnast is hurt. And so even though they're going to practice for four hours, if they're having to modify, if they can't run, if they can't do certain things, then you know, their nutritional requirement may not be the same that it was, although at the same time, if they are underfueled or were underfueled, especially if that contributed to the injury, then they may have no business, um, you know, further, you know, decreasing their nutrition intake during practice, because while they may not need the fuel, you know, they may still need that nutrition for overall um, adequate energy availability. So I think there's a lot of nuance here. And I think, 
a lot of these factors really depend on the program and on your gymnast. But I also think that there is so much misinformation about, you know, do gymnasts need snack breaks? So to kind of tackle that first hard question, as a coach, as a club owner, or, you know, as a parent, when you're looking at a program, do gymnasts have to have a snack break in the sense of the traditional, like, Hey, in the middle of practice, you know, we're going to give you 10 or 15 minutes to have a snack, to get a drink, to go to the bathroom. Um, but outside of this snack break, you know, you're not allowed to, to eat anything because we don't want to mess. We don't want bugs or there's just not time for it. We don't want the destruction. Um, here's what I tell parents and club owners. I'm like, look, you get to do this however you want. I think what is most important and certainly from a safe sport perspective is gymnasts just need appropriate access to nutrition and hydration throughout their workouts. And so, um, I'm personally not a fan of just one single break during a four to five hour workout, because from a fueling perspective, it's actually better for your gymnast to have smaller amounts of fuel throughout the workout, you know, starting after about the first hour and a half to two hours. And so, you know, if we have this kind of traditional 15, 20 minute snack break in the middle of a workout, um, it's really not ideal from kind of a a digestion standpoint or physiological standpoint. Um, I think there's another side of that coin though, that you could argue of, you know, having a short break like that is good for them mentally, right. To, to take a break, to get to say hi to their teammates, you know, to then decompress for a second and then be able to come back kind of refreshed and renewed and ready to engage in the second half of practice. I I think that's a totally separate discussion, but purely from a nutritional kind of periodization perspective, um, I much prefer Um, gymnasts to have access to the nutrition and hydration when they need it. And so, you know, oftentimes that just looks like um, gymnasts having their snacks at their lockers or maybe, you know, on a table in the gym, um, a a designated area where it's easy for them to access in the, you know, maybe five minutes they have between event rotations to go to the bathroom, to get the drink, to grab um, a couple bites of whatever they have to eat. Um, which again is, is a big difference of fueling versus snacking, like fueling, we're using very small amounts of carbohydrate because that is the gymnast fuel source. Um, that is the type of fuel that we want for a high intensity sport like gymnastics. And so, you know, if we bring fuel to practice, um, we don't need to sit down in the middle of practice and have a tea party, you know, if it's a three and a half to four, maybe four and a half hour practice. Um, if it's beyond that, five hour practices are a little bit tricky. Sometimes um, my strategy will be a little bit different for that, just depending on the gymnast. Um, and then I work with some clubs that will train even six hours, maybe seven hours, but then they'll sometimes give like a 30 minute snack break or even like a 30 minute to an hour lunch break, which is also not necessarily my favorite because then there's really not enough time to digest. Like it's just kind of a hot mess. So I feel like beyond five hour workouts, that's where you really need to just split the workout into two a days, um, and allow, you know, the gymnast to have, you know, at least maybe two hours, two to three hours between both of those workouts so that they have sufficient time to refuel, rehydrate and recover, um, before the second workout. And that's just most effective from, I think a performance perspective, from a recovery perspective, um, And also from just a logistical perspective, um, I would say that my gymnasts who train, you know, six hours straight, they really risk um, under fueling and developing low energy availability or red S because 
um, of just kind of the logistical challenges that that long of a workout presents. So anyways, I think there's um, a lot of different options, right? I, again, I'm not anti-snack break, but um, what I think is most important is that gymnasts just be allowed to access their nutrition and hydration when needed. But um, you and I both know that sometimes issues come up with this. And um, I've kind of made a collection of what I'm going to call the the do's and don'ts of fueling for gymnastics. Um, and I just wanted to kind of talk through those with you because these are usually the questions I get from parents or these are kind of the barriers or concerns that I hear from coaches and club owners. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk through them and, and offer some solutions that may work for your gymnast, may work for your club with the goal of helping our gymnasts to be fueled for optimal performance. And, you know, I tell parents this all the time. I'm like, look, we're all on the same team. You, your coaches, me, we are all on the same team in terms of trying to help your gymnasts perform their best. And the most foundational part of that is making sure that a gymnast is adequately fueled during and outside of training. And during training, high level gymnasts that are training more than three and a half, four plus hours, especially kind of you know, optional level gymnasts and above, they really do need intra-workout fuel and hydration and often electrolytes to sustain their highest levels of performance, both from a cognitive and physical perspective. So um, we've already talked about kind of snack breaks in my philosophy there. I would say the first don't of, you know, fueling and snack breaks is please don't tell gymnasts that sports drinks are toxic, inflammatory, or that they're not allowed because the bottom line is that is your personal opinion. That is not a fact. Those statements are not based in physiology nor the scientific evidence. And oftentimes, you know, parents and gymnasts and coaches hear those statements of gymnasts shouldn't have sports drinks, sports drinks aren't healthy, so on and so forth, really because of um, diet culture and, and really the checkered um, history that gymnastics has in terms of, you know, its relationship with nutrition. If you look at any other sport, whether it's running or triathlons or cycling or soccer or whatever, the best of the best know how to use performance nutrition and they use nutrition and hydration, you know, before, during, and after their workouts to level up performance and focus. And one option for that is a sports drink. A sports drink by definition is a six to 8% carbohydrate solution that often also has electrolytes in it. Um, that combination of the sugar from the carbohydrates and the electrolytes and the fluid allows for optimal rehydration after, you know, so long of a workout, typically over, you know, two plus hours, especially for um, the kind of workout that gymnastics is compared to running for two hours or something like that. Um, but that doesn't mean that a sports drink is the only option. It just drives me crazy when, um, you know, coaches will just outright say gymnasts are not allowed to have this. Like, I'm sorry, that's your personal opinion. Um, but gymnasts and parents have the autonomy to use what they need to, to stay fueled. Now, sometimes they say that because they don't want red Gatorade spilled on the gymnastics floor carpet. That is hundred percent fair. And so that's where I would kind of offer a solution of, you know what, there are a ton of no spill water bottles out there where if a gymnast needs some sort of carbohydrate electrolyte beverage, especially, you know, if they're not allowed to have snacks in the gym, like we can totally just use a liquid carb. Um, They can take one bottle of water, one bottle of a liquid carb. And I don't think it would be inappropriate for the coaches in the club to say, Hey, we really would appreciate if any liquid that you bring into the gym 
is is free of any sort of coloring or dye, just because if we have spills, you know, we're not wanting to ruin the equipment, which um, that's just, you know, I understand it. Gymnastics equipment isn't cheap. Granted, a spill is probably cleanable, but hey, I understand. I think the second part to that too is also just kind of the pest rodent concerns, um, which again is also very understandable. That would be, you know, it's very, it's very unsanitary and unappealing if your pit has um, ants and bugs and cockroaches in it, you know, or there's an infestation in the locker room or some part of the gym because um, there's been food left out and sticky drinks have been spilled. I know that a lot of clubs tend to be in kind of industrial areas. They're often in warehouses. And so, um, you know, they are not always as airtight as a house, especially with, you know, just all the people coming and going. Um, and I know that some clubs, you know, maybe used to give a snack break, but then at some point, um, the girls, whether it was the teen girls that had access to the locker rooms or it was the class gymnasts, whoever it was, probably a combination of all of the above, um, they were messy with the snacks. They've left crumbs everywhere. They didn't pick up after themselves, which to be honest is just bad parenting. Um, but because of that, they took away the snack breaks. And I don't think that's the solution either. So um, probably another, you know, don't is please don't ban snacks or non-water beverages from the gym just because some of the gymnasts made a mess and ruined it for the rest. Um, like I said, I, I totally understand the concerns over bugs and pests and making a mess. Um, I worked with one um, elite gymnast a couple of years ago that she had two-a-day workouts in her gym didn't typically allow snacks. And so I was like, fine, you know, what we'll start with is just um, a sports drink. So we can use that for your intra-workout carbohydrate. Um, but then her coaches saw how much her performance improved and they asked what was going on. They found out that she was working with me and what she was doing. And that, you know, for them was like the, the proof and they got on board. Um, and while they were concerned still about having a mess and having, you know, problems in the gym, they actually, you know, put a table in the gym, I think between like the bars and beam area where the gymnasts could put their water bottles, put their, you know, Gatorades or whatever they have and put their snacks. And then that was the designated area that, um, is easy to clean up. You know, it's not in a locker room, it's out in the open. So I also think there's another level of kind of personal responsibility when the coach is watching you, you know, eat and drink, like you're probably going to be less likely to just leave your wrappers there and leave a crumb. Um, I know that gym in particular, they would ask that, you know, gymnasts would not bring, you know, the, the most crunchy, crumbly granola bar, granola bar, like a nature Valley bar. And I also think that's fair, right? Like you could bring a chewy granola bar that, um, you know, you can eat it in a couple bites and it's not going to make a mess, or you can bring some peanut butter pretzels or, there's just so many options that um, can work that don't make a mess that are easy to clean up. But then I also think it's about the gym culture. And, you know, if you as a coach have gymnasts that aren't picking up after themselves, like that's, that's not acceptable, right? Like, <laughs> I think that's a life lesson of they need to learn that they need to pick up after themselves, that it's not acceptable to um, leave a mess in the gym. And I mean, I understand that often it feels like the only option is to just, you know, take away the break or the snacks completely because then it's problem solved. But again, I think it needs to be, you know, handled with more on kind of a case by case basis, basis if possible. Um, and I, I do think there are, are some workable solutions. So um, the next kind of don't is don't tell gymnasts just to bring healthy snacks, i.e., you know, vegetables and protein bars and nuts. Um, all the time I hear gymnasts who, you know, typically at the beginning of the season, um, the parents have a meeting and they often, you know, get 
you know, some sort of nutrition advice of, Hey, you know, make sure your gymnast is eating healthy, make sure you send healthy snacks. And I just want to clear up that there is a big difference between fueling versus snacking and what you think as a coach or parent is a healthy snack option isn't necessarily the right type of fuel at the right time for a high intensity sport like gymnastics. So that again goes back to this concept of performance nutrition and really matching the fuel source to the type of exercise, the intensity, the duration, um, and also just physiology and how our bodies work and how digestion works and the timing. So, you know, hear me say, I'm, I'm not anti-healthy eating. I'm not anti-healthy snacks. I'm not saying that you should be sending your kid with, you know, French fries and candy and all that stuff as that's probably not the right choice either. But telling gymnasts that they should bring vegetables to, to practice, that's not the right kind of snack. Like that doesn't have enough energy to provide the gymnast. Telling gymnasts to bring, you know, a protein bar to practice for a snack instead of a granola bar, because you think the protein bar is healthier because it's got protein, it has less sugar, whatever. Um, that doesn't make it the right choice because honestly, it probably won't have enough carbohydrate. It will have too much fat and fiber. It won't digest on time and give them what they need. Same thing with, you know, a handful of nuts. Like I love a handful of nuts just as much as the next person does. But, you know, while that would maybe solve their hunger temporarily, that kind of food is not going to break down fast enough to provide the right kind of fuel for these intense kind of long duration workouts. So I think understanding the difference between fueling versus snacking um, is really important. Um, and at the same time, giving gymnasts and parents the autonomy to use what they what they want and what makes them feel the best. So with that, um, we are gearing up for a busy summer of team talks with um, competitive gymnastics programs across the country. We have a four-part team talk series for clubs, specifically for gymnasts, parents, and coaches, where we go deep into all of these topics that we've discussed today. Um, We customize these talks based on your gym's policies around nutrition and hydration, around your training schedules, on whether or not you give snack breaks or not. Um, And that's also something that we will help you with, you know, if that's an area where you feel like um, you're unsure or you're wanting to kind of revise how you've done things, or maybe they didn't go well in the past, but it's something you want to re-implement because you now kind of understand the science and you now see the value of it. Um, So if you are listening to this and maybe you're part of a booster club or you are a coach or a club owner, um, I'd love to chat with you more about our four four part team talk series. It is incredibly comprehensive. Um, Session one, we talk all about fueling the gymnast or how to build meals and snacks. Session two is all about performance nutrition. So we will outline exactly what I recommend for your gymnast to have pre-workout based on the time of your workout what they should take to practice for inter-workout fueling and hydration, again, based on the timing, your policies, the intensity. Um, We'll talk about post-workout recovery nutrition. Session three is all about nutrition to support um, injuries, inflammation, to prevent under-fueling, low energy availability. And then session four is a parent and coaches only, um, where we talk all about supporting your gymnast, what to say, what not to say, how to support them as they grow and develop and advance in the sport. So if you would like more information on this Team Talk series, you can find a link in the show notes. Um, Please um, contact me through our website. I would love to talk with you and hear more about your program and how we can support you and and all, you know, come together collectively to help gymnasts learn to fuel for optimal performance. And if you are a parent listening to this and you're like, oh my goodness, 
I had no idea that there were these differences between fueling versus snacking. And, you know, maybe your kid has a five hour workout, but they're currently not allowed to have any snacks at the gym or, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, this is why the Balanced Gymnast program exists. This is our three month coaching program where we teach level five through 10 and elite gymnasts and parents everything they need to know about fueling the gymnast. Um, you can also find more information on that in the show notes, um, as well as information on one-on-one coaching. And as always, you know, feel free to drop me a line via email. If you have a question, um, shoot me a message on Instagram. And if you have appreciated this episode, if you are enjoying the podcast, which I know so many of you are, um, it would mean the world to me. If you could quickly just go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, that's a great way to help promote the podcast to other gymnast parents and coaches, because I know that this is a valuable resource. So with that, I will chat with you guys more next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.